Looking for your mom and daddy coming home. You're just waiting on them to get home from work. Dear God, you just see them pull up out in the drive and you go running. Hallelujah. Anybody remember those days? Praise God. Maybe it wasn't your mom and daddy. Maybe it was your, your wife looking for your husband to get home. A husband looking for your wife to get home. But I'm telling you what, I can't wait to see Jesus. Hallelujah. What a day, glorious day that's going to be. Just looking for the Wondrous coming of our Lord and Savior. And excited about that. Trust you all had a wonderful, wonderful celebration with your family, with your friends. Jesus is the reason for it all. We give him praise for it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, while you're turning there, if you will, just stand as we read God's Word. Just like to say again, of all the joy and, and uh, peace and comforts of Christmas, uh, the excitement, uh, the fellowship, God never let us forget that Jesus is the reason for the season. And when you think about his birth, you think about Christmas, you have to think about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. As I said Wednesday night, then you also, hallelujah, think about the return of Christ. And I believe soon he's going to return. I pray and trust that you're ready. If not, that you will heed the call of God within your life. Joshua chapter 4, I want to share with you for a few moments. It was kind of comical. I told Bishop this morning, I said, you know, throughout the last several years of my life, at times I've dealt with kidney stones. And then the Lord wanted me to talk about the 12 stones. <laughs> so I said, Lord, you you got some humor. Well, thank God I'm not dealing with kidney stone right now. Praise God. But we're going to deal with the 12 stones that Joshua talked about in this chapter. Beginning with verse 15, the Bible said, When the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests bore the ark of the covenant, the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were touched, had touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place, and overflowed all its banks as before. This particular time, keep in mind, the banks of the Jordan were overflowing. They had not, uh, they had not shallowed down. And now the people came from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, answering that Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. 
Let me read that part again. Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. How many would shout, thank you, Lord. It is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Chapter 5, one verse Verse 1, so it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until they had crossed over, that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says this, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. I want to share this morning for a few moments on this thought. Has done, but never a has been. Because he's still doing and will do. Amen. God will never be a has been. Come on, somebody. I thank God today that I never had a moment that I look back over my life with God and say, amen, God's not the same today as he used to be in my life. Amen. Somebody would say, well, I don't have the experience I used to have. It's, it's not God. If you don't, it's you. Amen. He's not a has-been for the same God of yesterday is the same God of today. The same God of the Bible is the same God of this generation. And the same Lord that is preparing Jesus Christ to come and to get his church is still on the throne tonight, today. And we need to rejoice. He's not a has-been. He is still God Almighty. To the glory of God, his hand is still upon it all. I want to share with you for a few moments as the Holy Ghost will direct and lead. Father, we love you today. God, I pray that you will let my mind be clear as I surrender this vessel to you. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, speak to my heart in such a way, oh God, that you would anoint, Lord, our ears to hear the words that you send forth, that lives would be changed, chains would be broken, that minds, God, would be would be cleared and minds would be restored concerning their faith and concerning their understanding of you and who you are and what you're doing within the lives of people individually as well as corporately today. God, I thank you for the spirit of praise. I thank you for the testimonies that have already begun to declare that you have moved in the hearts and lives of their families and friends. And we're believing that you continue to move. As COVID is on the rise and hospital rooms are getting booked up, we pray that that same sweet healing anointing would begin to move into every room and every corridor for those, Lord, 
Lord, uh, that are sick and in need of a touch of your grace and glory, that you would bring healing about in their lives. And, Father, that even uh, uh, those uh, of the government and those in the hospitals and doctors uh, would begin to look at things and say uh, uh, that we are dealing all that we can with all the knowledge we have and still don't understand it all. But what we do understand is that miraculously there are some things happening by the hand of a higher power who's still in charge. Oh, to God be the glory. Father, is our prayer and our desire. Father, we love you and we're grateful for all you've done and continue to do. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Give him the biggest praise you can give him. And tell him, thank God, today he's not only working in the church, he's working in the hospital rooms. And he's working in homes. He's going down, uh, amen, into the places uh, where many of us would never dare go to minister to hearts and lives that are hungering and thirsting, amen, for a move of God that are even in their ignorance and not understanding their need for Lord to move in their life. I want to tell you today that God is still, uh, amen, uh, in charge. I want to reaffirm to you today that he is still, hallelujah, the author and finisher of our faith. He is still today the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I thought about as I began to read the scripture as God woke me up in the morning hours that God, as I said earlier, has never been a has-been in our life. He's not a has-been, nor will he ever be a has-been. Many people have questioned over the course of their journey at seasons in their life, where is the Lord? Has anybody ever been there? Amen. Has anybody ever questioned within your life, where is God? To a degree that sometimes we take for granted what he has done in our life and we forget what, what mighty things he has done in seasons within our life, but it never takes away from the fact that every place where God has ever moved will always give glory to God and it will never run dry. Amen. The praises of God over the Red Sea continue, amen, to bring glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, the miraculous movings uh, uh, and, and miracles of God through the prophets of old and uh, indirectly and directly still continue biblically to bring glory and honor to God. I also want to remind us that the, the acts of Jesus, which the Word of God said that books could not contain, continue to give glory to God. Looking back over your life, has there been anything that God's ever done in you that continues to burn within your soul that brings glory and honor to God within your own personal life? If there is, somebody shout, thank you, Lord. If you've ever been touched of God, given salvation full and free, if you've ever been healed by the Lord, if the Lord's ever made a way in your life, if you've ever seen God take 
take a situation that you thought was insurmountable and lay his hand upon it and move upon it. Hallelujah to God. I don't care if it was 10 years ago. It ought to still burn up within your soul of praise unto God. I remember when the Lord did this in my life. I remember when God saved me. I don't know about you, but I remember when the Lord laid his hand on me at different intervals in my life. I'm reminded of a time even as a child when I was out in the in the tributaries of the Atlantic Ocean and, and nearly felt the, the waves pulling me away, four or five years old, pulling me away as my father reached over and grabbed me by the hand and pulled me back in. He wasn't there, but then all of a sudden he was. I remember when God's grace was there for me. I remember when he saved me, sanctified me, filled me with the Holy Ghost. I remember when he healed my body in times of sickness. I remember when he made a financial way where there seemed to be no way. I remember. I feel the Holy Ghost. Do you remember? Or has it been something that's been wiped from the memory of your mind? If it had, I pray God's Holy Ghost will stir within your heart today and remind you of the goodness of God within your life. Touch somebody and tell them, he's been good to me. Hallelujah. To the Lamb of God, he's been good. God, his desire is to get the glory. In our journey today, there's what I like to call a faith journey. It is God saying that I want to move in such a way in your life that the shadow that you cast, amen, to the generation that you're living in and the generation behind you would be affected by the goodness of God in your life and I believe that what the Lord is saying within this context of this scripture is that we can never forget because the minute we begin to forget it begins to affect our faithfulness come on somebody it begins to affect how we respond. It begins to affect our walk and our steadfastness and our surety. I've seen so many people within my life and in ministry today that had God do some great things within them. And then when trouble came, oh, they act like God never did it in the past. Their hearts are overwhelmed. And I know that pressure's come and our carnality's affected, but they would be begin to speak negative and they would begin to say I don't know how we're going to get through this and I don't know how uh, but I got a word for you. Oh if you know he did it before you got to know he'll do it again and so when you're reminded about what God has done it affects how you respond to the things you may deal with in your journey and in your faith journey. It's not just the word of God alone that builds our faith. It's the memories of seeing the mighty acts of God that begin to bring refreshing and renewing within us. I just want to tell the devil right now, devil, you might want me to believe that there's no way out, that there's no hope for me, but I got news for you. I've got God on my side, and as long as God's on my side, there is nothing that the enemy can do that God can't turn around within my life. Somebody ought to know today that God can take your mess and make a message out of it. And he didn't call you to lead you out. 
to lead you to a roadblock. If you find yourself at a place where you see there's no passing, get ready. If God moves you there, he's going to make a way and move you forward through it all. Can somebody give him glory? He has done, but he's never been a had, never be a has been because he's still doing today. He's still doing. I give him praise today because in the the, the things that he was speaking in my heart, I want to share with you not only that, 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 that we have the, the memories of the goodness of God within our life, but there's some specific things, three specific things that, that I want us to, to glean from this. Number one, God wants your legacy to be filled with the testimony of his glory. Hallelujah. Yeah, what do you mean by that, preacher? God wants your life to be filled with a testimony of what the Lord has done. He don't want your legacy to be about the financial blessings you had and all the, the accolades of this earthly temporal life. He wants you to have a legacy where God moved in the midst of your journey. And it was such a profound testimony yeah, that you couldn't hold it in, that you had to share it. And not only would you share it with your mouth, but there would be others that would see it and how it affected your life. See, I'm not the same person I used to be just because he saved me, he changed me. That's, that's the greatest reason. But there's some things that God has done within my life that has changed me too. Come on, somebody. There's some, some, some special things that God has done by his glory that has transformed me from glory to glory. Yeah. There's some things that have affected how I face the reality of the earthly journey that I'm in because I saw the hand of God move. There are many today that are, that are conformed to the world and the mindset and the thinking of the world. But I want to tell you that faith in God and the miraculous hand of God in your life's journey will transform your life. Amen. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying today, that there were those that were sitting there by the Red Sea in the beginning when they first came out of Egypt and they looked over at this particular situation and said, there's just no way, there's no way we'll ever be able to get here. Why didn't Moses just leave us back in Egypt? This is where we were better off. We, 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 we should not have ever come here. At least we had bread to eat and and we had all our needs met, but then, somebody shout then, then God, through the hand of Moses, began to move. When the Lord said, yeah, lift up your rod and stretch it over the sea. So he lifted up his rod, and then God began to move. In this moment, I believe that there were those that were affected by this moment in their life for a season. It changed them in the moment. See, I don't know about you, but even though the world may sit on you and negativity may, may try to zap 
your faith, if you hold on to the memories of what God's done in your life, it'll keep you marching forward. Hallelujah. If the Lord can part the Red Sea in your life, amen, don't you know, and bring you across dry ground, don't you know he'll get you to the promised land? Hallelujah. If the Lord can heal you once, don't you know he can heal you again? If the Lord don't heal you, don't you know he's got the power to keep you in the midst of it all? It's not about, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's not about uh, uh, what we want God to do. It's about our faith and holding on to the promises of God. He may not always do it like we want him to, but I promise you this, he's not a has-been. He can get you through it. Hallelujah. 2022, it's going to be more about you. Preacher, you just, you preaching like we're in some supernatural Hollywood fairy tale type thing. I got news for you. We need to be supernatural. We need to believe in the supernatural. Faith is supernatural. Amen. God wants his glory to be the legacy of our lives. And they came through. They came through on dry land, then they come all the way through 40 years later. I don't have time to get into all that. One minute they see the hand of God move, the next minute they're complaining again. God feeds them from heaven, manna from heaven. That still ain't enough. Then they start complaining. They don't like what's happening, Moses. Here we are thirsty, and God sends water from a rock. And the many times that they were just murmuring and complaining, they forgot what God had done. How many times does God have to move in order for you to hold on to your faith? <laughs> Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but Hollywood can make things look good. But God can do it in such a way that he don't need cameras to make it look good. The Bible said with the blast of his nostrils, he parted the Red Sea. Glory to God. And a bunch of murmuring and complaining folks sat back thinking, my Lord, we should have been back in there. But all of a sudden, I believe when they felt the wind begin to blow, and they saw the waters begin to shake. And they saw them to just begin to divide. And one wave go one way and another wave go another way. And then all of a sudden it got deeper and deeper and deeper. And the waves kept rolling back. And the waves on this side kept rolling back. And all of a sudden I believe there were some of them standing like this. Yeah, I don't know about Moses, will you forgive me? I don't know what's happening, but I don't want to go back now. I want to get on cross here. I'm telling you, I believe God wants to do something within our life that gives us that 
that ah moment, that ah moment that gives and creates a praise within our life that says, I know my God not only has done it, but he'll continue to do it. He's going to make a way in my life. I don't care, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, hey man, I know people today that have lived for 80 to 100 years that still rejoice over things happened to them in their teenage years in their early life because they never forgot the hand of God in their season. I wish somebody would shout, he's not a has-been, he's still God today. Woo, I feel that. And there were 12 stones. Here they are on the other side. 40 years later, Moses is dead. Joshua was about to, to lead God's people over into the promised land. They had sent 12 spies over. Rahab uh, had or two, two spies. The spies went into Jericho. Rahab protected them. And then the spies came back, and they began to prepare to cross over. They knew they were going to have to deal with Jericho. They knew they were going to have to deal with the enemy. But they also knew that what God said was going to be theirs was going to be theirs. Come on, somebody. The devil will try to tell you all he can to keep you from trusting in what God says you can have. Oh, he'll try to discourage you and to get you living in the mully grubs. But I come to tell somebody today that the same God who let them look over and see the promised land, see the struggle, and see what they were up against was the same God that gave them the power to face everything they had to face. And somebody needs to know that you're going to face it with God's grace and you're going to be able to see the hand of God within your life. You cannot fail to remember the goodness of God in this moment. It was so important. It was so paramount. It was so it was, it was just such a moment that Joshua said, listen, what God did back at the Red Sea going to do again here at the Jordan River. The Jordan River was overflowing. The banks were overflowing. It was that time of the season. And they knew if they were going to get across it, they were going to have to have a miracle. So God said, I want the priests bearing the, the covenant. I want them to step in. Carry the, and when they do, when their feet hit the water, the water's going to part. Now, I don't know how that went probably a little bit different from the Red Sea because the first time Moses had to stretch his rod up above and then with the blast of his nostrils, God calls the Red Sea to part. But this time, God himself 
hallelujah, through the, with the priest is going to part the Red Sea. And he comes and and then they step into the water and the water begins to part and, and all of a sudden it's, it's dry now where they can pass over. And Joshua tells him, he said, I want you to get 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. There's a reason for this. And and and, and pick them up and, and we're going to have this as a memorial. Bring them over and, and, and we're always going to be able to remember this. So as they went through, everywhere where the priest was at, they would pick up a stone and they would take the stone of on their shoulder and they would bring it over to the other side. When they got to the other side, they carried it to Gilgal and they, 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 they placed them there in Gilgal. They saw a miraculous move of God and Joshua said that it's so important even though it happened before in this Jordan as we cross over into the promised land, the way we got over here was that God built a bridge Come on, somebody. God built a bridge and, and we came over and we don't want to forget how God brought us here and how God, because can somebody understand that it's important to remember what God did so you can hold on to what he's going to do. Give him praise. There was a reason why God had brought them through. It was not just to, to create a bridge on dry ground and to part the Jordan River. It was to deliver unto them the land of promise. And Joshua said, I want you to remember and hold on to the legacy. I got to move quickly. Hold on to the legacy. God wants your legacy to be filled with the testimonies of his glory. He wants people to be able to remember what he done through your life. Not only personally, but in that season, in that moment. And I believe as, as we begin to see this unfold, we find that every time they would look upon the stones, they would see a legacy. They would see a story. They would see a testimony. They would be reminded of what God did when he was bringing them through. Number two, the question was asked from the children. Joshua said when they see these stones, they're going to ask a question. God wants your steps of obedience to become your children's. In other words, anybody ever ever remember when you was young and, and you were hanging around your mom and daddy, you'd say, why, mama? Why, daddy? Why this? Why that? Why does the wheels go round? Why does the truck crank up? What does the gas do? Uh, why do we go to church every Sunday? Why do we read the Bible? Why do we have to remind ourselves of the scriptures? What importance is this? Oh, Daddy, why are you all dressed up on Sunday? There were so many questions we had. Oh, why do... You all remember what I had? But Joshua said your children are going to come by and they're going to see these stones. And when they see these stones, they're going to say, hey, tell us about these stones. What does it mean? And they're going to respond, let me tell you, this is what happened. And these stones came from a place where God's hand moved mightily within the children of Israel. It will be a place where questions get answered 
and where answers, amen, turn to illumination, and where illumination, amen, to God just begins to turn to insight, and insight turns to imitation. In other words, God wants to your children to be overshadowed by the faith that you've had and the experiences you've had in God, that they would hear and see and desire the same God of your grandmama, of your granddaddy. Come on, somebody, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What they want today is a God that this world has created, but there is no God outside of this God that you'll be able to have the shadowing of his glory illuminate your life and change you. He is. He is. He is. Yeah, thank you so much. I got one. I just wanted to sweat a little while. In other words, when your children see when they see things within your life that they'll begin to ask questions that transcend into their life. And Grandmama and Granddaddy can't get you there, but what God did through their life can point you in the right direction. Come on, somebody. They can't save you, but the legacy they have can point to the acts of God within our life that changes and transcends and transforms their life. And then finally, God wants others to see his hand in your life, not just your children. God does things in your life sometime and it ain't about you. Let me say that one more again. Sometimes God does something in your life just because he wants somebody else to be affected by it. Sometimes it may be your enemy. Sometimes it may be a broken family member. And sometimes it may be a lost person living in your community. But God wants to do something in your life, not just for you, but for those that have their eyes on you. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody and say, uh-huh, that's my God. Sometimes God wants to do something for those that have their eyes on you. The Canaanites, the Bible said, and the kings on that side of Jordan had their eyes on the children of Israel. They had heard about what God had done at the Red Sea. But then they, they had heard and saw what God was doing there at the Jordan. And fear, fear gripped their heart. Come on, somebody. Sometimes what God does in your life ain't about you. Could they have gotten over to the other side another way? Absolutely. I believe that with all my heart. But God said, I'm going to part that water. And when they hear what I've done for my children and the fame 
Amen, that rest upon the hand of my grace in their life. It's going to set my people up to be conquerors of this land. Amen. Sometimes it's not what God is doing for you. It's all about you. It's about what God is doing so that he can touch the hearts of those around you. So your enemy, come on somebody, if you got any enemies, the enemy will look at you and say, hey, I don't know. Hallelujah to God. There's a, there's a hand of God on their life. I don't know about that. There's, there's been many battles that you did not lose simply because people saw God's hand on your life, can somebody give him praise? I heard had a lady say one time years ago, she was a troublemaker in the church. Anybody ever known any of those church troublemakers? And they had started coming to our church Brought about 35 with them. And they come from another church down the street. One of their, their cousins went to our church and he went to shouting all over the place. He's, whoo! I'm so happy. I pulled him by the arm, got his attention. I said, Step in here a minute. I said, Don't rejoice so quickly. 35 people pile up in your church from another church. There's a problem somewhere all at one time. Come on, somebody. There's division somewhere. There's a problem, but she was a troublemaker. And I'll never forget one day, my wife come home and she said these words. She said, you know what that sister said? I said, well, we got sister troublemakers, brother troublemakers too. Amen. She said, I'd be scared to death to come against Brother Brett. And she said, what do you mean? She said, I see the hand of God upon him. I'd be scared to death. She said, I've done some crazy things in my life, but God won't let me say nothing to him. You know what? That's where she got the victory. She'd been right there. They hop from church to church to church to church, but she got the victory here. Come on, somebody. No longer hopping churches anymore because they finally surrendered, glory to God, to the hand of God and the power of God. It ain't about me. It's about what God was doing through me. Let me tell you, God wants to do some things through your life that people take notice of that brings glory to him. I remember years ago also we had a young lady. It, it, it was one of our revivals, a very young lady. She's probably 10, 12 years old. I was preaching revival there, and the pastor of the church is actually his daughter. He came to me, and he, after the service one night, he said, Pastor, he said, let me tell you what my daughter said. I said, well, talk to me. He said, you know, she looked over at me and said, Daddy, do you see that angel that's standing up on the stage with him? There are people out there doubting what I just said. But God allowed her to see something. It don't matter what you believe. God's real. God still does. You might, you might not believe he parted the, the Jordan River. He still parted it. 
You might not believe he parted the Red Sea. He still parted it. He said, no, honey, I didn't see it. said, well, that angel was standing up on the stage right behind me. Do you know today she still remembers what God did that night? Amen. <laughs> How many in this house have some things that you remember that God did in your life that affected not only you but those around you? Stand with me if you will, please. He's not a has-been God. He parted the Red Sea, but he wasn't through. He came to the Jordan River, and he parted it too. Amen? Ain't nothing too great for God. He's still moving today. The Word of God said that there is none like our God. Have you not known, have you not heard the Lord? He meant to God, the everlasting Father, the creator, the ends of the earth, neither fainteth nor gets weary. He's still moving. How many believe that today? He brought them into the promised land. And they allowed, he allowed the enemy to see his hand move. You know why it's so important to be obedient to God and to and to continue to, to walk in faith and, and because God wants to do some things in your life that create legacy, that shatter your children, and that touch others who have their eyes on you by His glory. We're living in the last days, perilous times. And I can't tell you it'll ever be a reverence or fear for God in this particular time until the return of the Lord when every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. I can't tell you that we'll, we'll see a reverence. It used to be even the center reverenced God. Even though they didn't accept Him, they reverenced Him. They feared Him. People don't fear God today. They do what they want to do instead of being disciplined to walk in faith make their own decisions. Unthankful, unholy. Come on, somebody. Just do whatever they want to do. No fear of God. I can't tell you it'll ever change, but I can tell you one, it don't have to change in you. You can maintain that reverence and fear for God in your own life. Come on, somebody that makes a difference in such a way that God's glory can be revealed in you, that those who have their eyes on you can see the glory of God. Father, I have shared what you have placed within my spirit. I thank you that you're not a has-been. But God, you're still doing. In this moment, and there's still things yet to come, you're eternal. And Father, we will be too. When this life is over eternally, we're going to live somewhere. But right now in this life, God, I, I ask you to remind us not only what you've done in our life, but let it be a reflection of your glory that becomes a legacy 
within us in our journey. That we're not just known for what we've done in life, what we've accomplished in life, but we're known by our faith in every place of our journey. God, that you would get the glory over our lives. Everything we do to the glory of God. Father, I give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you this morning, if you believe, amen, that God's not a has-been, will you just lift your hands and give him praise and glory. Anna Grace, sing something right now. Amen. Is he still, is he still Lord over your life? Is he still moving in your life? Do you remember the things in your life that have, that have made you who you've become, the hand of God and his grace? Come on, sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. Somebody, you've got a need in your life. You just want to come hang around this altar for a few moments and pray and give him praise. This altar's open this morning. Amen. Will you come? Well, preacher, I don't have any needs. I just want to come and I want to thank him. I want to thank him for the Red Seas he's parted in my life, for the Jordans he's parted in my life. I want to thank him for the healing that he's done in my life. I want to thank him for making a way in my life. I want to thank him for creating a, a spiritual legacy in my life that makes all the difference.
think about this, church. Just think about this. If we're not living in such a way that God's glory and being glorified in our lives, then that next generation, they're not going to beg to ask the question. They're not going to be illuminated by religion. They want to have an experience with God. They want to have such experience, brother, but I believe in them children saying, hey, what's these stones all about? Hey, that's when God parted the water. Well, that's the God I want to serve. I want to serve that water, water parting God. There are churches out there today that started out. They started out in the power of God. They started out in the glory of God. Now they're on the corners with for sale signs on them. Wonder what happened. Amen. I want God to move in my life. And then our church, go ahead. hear the Lord saying this in my spirit. Do you not recall the hand of God moving in the strategic places in your life in years past? I'm the same God of yesterday. Remember today my grace and my power. Remember today my undenying love. For it was my love toward you that caused my grace to come upon you. You forgot. And it affected your journey. Turn your face toward me. Look to me. For I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God who sent forth my son. I am the God who performs acts of grace upon the lives of those who look to me in faith. I am the God who will see you through. I am the God. Turn your face toward me, saith the Lord. Turn your face toward me.
Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you today. God, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. If God's speaking to you, I don't care if you're watching by social media, maybe you're here, maybe you're sitting in the living room riding down the road, maybe you're here in this building. I feel that deep in my spirit. God said, don't forget. You forgot. You forgot what God done for you. But this morning, God, by his Holy Spirit, reminded you. And he said, turn your face toward me. Everything you're doing is overshadowing your children. It's overshadowing those around you. Their people got their eyes on you. Don't you want them to see the glory of God in your life? Don't you want everybody to know you and your legacy as being that faithful child of God, imperfect, imperfect but faithful, only perfect through the grace of our Lord? Don't you want... When your life is over, a legacy left behind that the younger generation will desire. I don't know about you, but this, this church is on every corner and, and, and lots of corners and lots of places. Some of them are being sold now. Nobody there to carry on the torch. I want to have such a move of God that, that he doesn't become a has-been in the mind of people, but he becomes a God that is fresh and real and omnipotent in their heart on a daily fight. Come on, I feel the Spirit of God. We need somebody who 50 years from now should the Lord tarry still be carrying on the torch of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. God, I ask you to take this service and bless it. Take the everything that's been done and said here today, Lord, and let it let it accomplish what you sent it forth to accomplish and whomever you've sent it forth to accomplish in. Father, that you'll be glorified. We give you glory. We give you praise. The author and finisher of our faith. We raise a hallelujah for the Son of God. Born over 2,000 years ago, beaten, despised, rejected, hung on a cross, died, buried, resurrected at your right hand, making intercession for us. We love you today and praise you for that wonderful grace and love in our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Give God the biggest praise you can give him. God bless you. Shake hands and fellowship in the Lord.